0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Begin with a prayer, one of our prayers for uh, Christmas, one from, uh, from, from Cramner. Um, o God, who makest us glad with the yearly remembrance of the birth of Thine only Son, Jesus Christ, grant that as we joyfully receive Him for our Redeemer, so we may with sure confidence behold him, when he shall come to be our judge, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. Um, so today is really the first of two parts. Um, the same old story, Promises of Christmas. Uh, uh, gosh, I've been doing this now for how many years I've kind of fallen into this this repeating pattern but you know I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it uh, just the the Sunday or two before Christmas I think you're doing this I'm doing this just listening to things um, this is a chair over here um, you can grab one of those and take it back there if you want so it doesn't bother me at all um, uh, 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 I had a professor at Suwannee. I'm um, just doing this. Uh, if you sat in the front row, you were going to get this ball that formed on it. This gross, isn't it? So, um, And so you tried to do that. He was one of the famous uh, uh, institutions at Suwannee. He was the dean for many years. And he probably gave me the hardest exam that I ever took. Um, it was constitutional law. There's some lawyers in here. And anyway, I don't know why I'm telling you this story. I don't have time. But um, it was, uh, you know, it was everything from, like, the beginning until I don't know what it was 18, I don't know what the break anymore in constitutional law was 1880 or something like that. And it was uh, one sentence, sometimes just a half sentence uh, from any court case written throughout all those and it was identified the case, the year, the context. was this the I mean I was like am I in law school you know who wrote it? were they uh, were they in the majority, the minority? And there were people in the front row who got it first, and she got her head, and she just put it down and started weeping, because we're all like juniors and seniors. It's pass, drop, ad. I mean, we are all in. This is our major. This is what we do. Uh, I mean, she it was a hard test. It was the hardest thing I ever took. So. Anyway, welcome. Merry Christmas. Like you, I think uh, I am I'm listening, I'm reading, I'm engaged. It's all around us. I mean, it's Christmas time. It's December, right? Um, uh, and so I like to just tag on to that um, uh, and, 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 and engage my heart and my head in certain things, uh, the sounds, the sights, the smells, the friends, the loss, um, the depression, the uh, the anxiety, the waiting, certain Advent theme, uh, all the different parts that Christmas evokes. Maybe that's a word. Um, Christmas evokes things more than almost anything else in terms of a season. And it comes back, and it's the same old story, right? I mean, uh, not only the Christmas story, you know, uh, repetition, as I say a lot, is really, 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 really important. Um, I didn't make that up. Somebody else did. Uh, Easter comes. Good Friday comes. Christmas comes. um, uh, Everything comes again. And it's not like it's surprising. And yet, it's surprising every time because of the way our human hearts uh, are captured by sin. And so when the gospel comes, when the declaration of the Christmas promises that behold, unto you is born this day. See, I can almost cry when I do it. Born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That word comes new every time we hear it uh, with our um, uh, our the dark continents of our human heart. So I'd just like to tap that vein. Um, uh, I've been reading a lot of W.H. Auden. Um, I know it sounds strange, but we're going to look at him today. Uh, I've started to read some. It's Christmas Oratorio this week. I've been waiting for this, this book to arrive, and Amazon was late, and I was like, what's going on? I've got to hurry up. Um, uh, so we'll look at that. We'll do some other parts next week as well, but we'll just kind of dive in and sort of organize our thoughts and how we think and our feelings and how we're feeling about Christmas, about the same old story as Christ comes into the world for you and for me. Um, So to begin with, uh, and a lot of this, if you pay close attention, I've probably said it before. (laughs) Um, uh, C.S. Lewis, um, great uh, uh, thinker and and writer of, of, gosh, he's almost hard to pigeonhole of the the Um, mid-century. He said this in his Mere Christianity. Reality, in fact is usually something you could not have guessed. That is one of the reasons I believe Christianity. It is a religion you could not have guessed. It has offered us just the kind of universe we'd, if it offered us just the kind of universe we'd always expected, I should feel we're making it up. But in fact, it is not the sort of thing anyone would have made up. It is just that queer twist about it that real things have. And he goes on, uh, and I like, this is like we're in Bryant Denny, doesn't it? So it's like it's a new thing. Everybody's doing it, you know. Uh, so, uh, so, um, I didn't hear anything I just read either. So it's it's okay. It's okay. This is the good part um, where he speaks now about. Um, is it do it? Is that on its own? I wonder where we have it. I don't know which one it is. That it. Sorry. That's alright. It's lost its signal connection or something. So that's just doing it on its own. Yeah, it's like it needs to get a reset or something. I'm so sorry. Nope. Turn it off? No you know yeah it would be good thanks um lights aren't what they once were (laughs) you can't just turn them off anymore um uh that's not craig he's not doing that that's uh whatever why don't we start over welcome good morning merry christmas i do this every year i'm glad you're here etc 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 so um all right good thanks um this is C.S. Lewis, where he begins now to describe Christianity and especially the incarnation where God comes into the world, um, the eternal God, the creator of all things, uh, ineffable, eternal, immutable, and he becomes meat. He becomes flesh. He becomes, as uh, John Updike says, a zygote, or as John Dunn says, immensity becomes cloistered in thy dear womb. Speaking to Mary, you might look at that next week. Uh, Lewis, uh, remember this is right around the time he's doing the screw tape letters. If you know that part of his uh, of his canon where he, he had a very active sense of evil. And so he brings that in, that, that Christ comes into enemy occupied territory as it were. Was he World War II? Right in the middle yeah, of World no, War II. Um, uh, so this is uh, 1942 did these first as radio talks and then they compiled these talks later into a book called Mere Christianity. But he's writing over the radio, BBC radio, uh, as London's getting bombed, right about 1942, the nadir, the low point of the war. And so imagine this context and that kind of a, of a situation. The difference is that Christianity thinks that this dark power, evil, Satan, was created by God and was good when he was created and went wrong. Christianity agrees with dualism. That's kind of like Star Wars, good and evil, but dualism says that there's good and there's evil, and you don't know who's going to win. It's just a battle, and're you're hoping, you're hoping that the good guy is going to win. That's not Christianity he's going to say, and it's not. Um, Christianity agrees with dualism that this universe is at war. It thinks but it thinks it's a civil war, a rebellion and that we are living in a part of the universe occupied by the rebel. Enemy-occupied territory, that's what this world is. Christianity is the story of how the rightful king has landed, you might say, in disguise, and calling us all to take part in a great campaign of sabotage. When you go to church, you are really listening in to the secret wireless from our friends. That is why the enemy is so anxious to prevent us from going. He does it by playing on our conceit and laziness and intellectual snobbery. Now, I know someone will ask me, do you really mean, at this time of day, to reintroduce our old friend the devil, hoofs and horns and all? Well, what time that, what time the, de- what, what the time of day has to do with it, I do not know. And I'm not particular about the horns and hoofs. But in other respects, my answer is yes, I do. I do not claim to know anything about his personal appearance. If anybody really wants to know him better, I would say to that person, don't worry. If you really want to, you will. Whether you like it or not is another question. And so we we'll start with Lewis to begin Christian, uh, Christmas, just to climb into this idea that it's very personal. We've got something personally engaging going on, that there's an active embodiment of evil in this dark world, or this present darkness, as Paul calls it in Ephesians, uh, is enemy-occupied territory and Christ, who is still the ruler and king of all, remember we're gonna read Isaiah's promise, upon his shoulders will be the government of all things. He's not lost control, he's not lost power, but we stand at the same time, or as Auden's gonna call it, for the time being, in this present time, this time in between the times, these last days, we're dealing with realities like death, and desolation, and dislocation, and depression, and sadness and loss. And Christmas is long, long ago when we were happy. Those sorts of things, and it all bubbles to the surface. And it's personal. There's something very personal that happens at Christmas. Um, With this uh, forced fun, seemingly, play on this sort of thing, we're told a lot, as you can tell, that Jesus is the reason for the season. It goes on and on and on, and I thought it was fun to kind of look for five minutes and throw some of these in here. And that's true. I'm not picking on this completely. He is the reason for the season. And obviously the context in which uh, we're usually admonished to remember that Jesus is the reason for the season, that it's not just happy holidays or it's not just a time of sort of wishing good thoughts upon the world or those sorts of things, that Jesus and his entrance into the world as a baby, that you know, our time changes. This is the reason for the season. But more specifically, your sin and my sin, and this present darkness is the reason for the season. Christ Jesus came into the world, that's what we call Christmas. Why? To save sinners. He didn't come in the world because he was bored, because he had something else to do. This present darkness, this enemy occupied territory, Uh, is the reason for Christmas. And so we're gonna be playing on this theme a lot, as we do, You you can't think of Christmas without thinking of Good Friday. You can't think of Christmas without thinking of Good Friday and Easter and the uh, the ascension of Christ. The, the work of God coming into the world uh, to accomplish the work which he was given to do, to save you from your sins and to save me from my sins, is real and it's true and it's personal. It's a direct address straight through to each one of us. So I'm hoping that that's pulling out a little bit of the reorganize, as earlier, the, the thoughts and the feelings that we have. And here to help us, with, as Art does, and I've been on this kick this fall, so I thought, oh, I'm just going to keep riding this. Out of Matthew 1, 20 and 21, Joseph, the son of David. Um, this is, the, this is uh, the angel speaking to Joseph. Do not take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save people from their sins. And this is a um, Croatian, I guess is what we call him now, just an Eastern European artist named Oskar Kokoschka, an impressionist and a little bit anachronistic um, where this is the kind of the sexless figure of Gabriel, um, not really a man, not really a woman um, with Mary, uh, though he calls it the Annunciation. Mary's very pregnant um, and so it's uh, uh, it's as if, uh, it's not strictly the Annunciation as, as Gabriel is still with her. But I've liked this painting for a long time. As so I kind of flip around Google and look at different pieces and, uh, related to things. And I think what stands out to me is the way it's framed. And there's the nearness and the intimacy of Gabriel as she touches Mary. And it draws you in to this very personal, this very private, and this very intimate declaration the Annunciation. As Jesus said in the garden on Easter morning, and He breathed out, because she didn't know who she was, and then He said, Mary. And her eyes were open, and He beheld her Lord. There's that sort of intimacy, that echo. Again, for me, I think for a lot, for all Good Friday, Easter, Christmas, there's such fluidity here in the intimacy and the privacy of Christ coming into the world and Christ dying for us uh, uh, this evokes even some of that for me where there's the light and the dark and the uh, and the sword which will pierce her soul as well and then on the heels of that um, this really striking picture I'm um, also called the Annunciation by Henry Tanner a lot of us would know this it's Philadelphia I wouldn't be surprised if some of us have seen this where he is an African-American artist, the turn of the century, I think 1898, yep. Um, uh, this is also called the Annunciation, very private. Um, Mary in a very ordered room, except the luxurious folds of the blue, which is always associated with Mary and then her bed and everything else is sparse, but angular and in order. And you can tell that she's obviously just, just been awoken in the middle of the night Where here's the angel Gabriel, not as a a person, but just as a pillar or a beam of light. This presence, this nearness in the room. And he really strikes Mary in this humble posture. Let it be unto me. But also with this great fear and even terror. as We're going to look at a poem in just a minute by William Yates. uh, What is this? What's going on? Um, next week we'll look at uh, what child is this, with that sense of wonder, but also just a tinge of terror. What child is this? This this destroyer of worlds, this one who's going to upend lives and kingdoms and powers and principalities. And that's all here in the room. And then you look at this beam. I don't know if you can see this very well. It's just this bright beam of light, and obviously it's where the light in the room is being directed. Uh, But you can just barely make out what almost seems to be two legs, splayed and split, and then very intentionally, if you can see it, right up there at the top where the beam of light intersects a shelf, what does it do? It's the echo of the cross. I mean, here we are again um, at the Annunciation, at the Conception, at the Birth, Uh, at at the cross, at uh, at the the tomb on empty morning. And Mary's there throughout. At the foot of the cross, Mary was waiting. Mary, behold your son. Uh, John, behold your mother. And now at the foot of her bed, here even here, we have the echo of the cross, um, of this beam of light. And Henry Tanner brings all that in. Um, This personal, that's the word I'm trying to bring out today, this personal address. Of Christmas, of Christ' mass, His sacrifice for you. Christ's sacrifice, His death, His dying, his resurrection, for you and for me. And why? For your sins, for my sins, and then how sin as a power, your personal sins, the things you did and didn't do, the things you said and didn't say, but also just how sin and its oppressive weight, lays on each one of us it's not something you did it's just this world that we're in in this present darkness with death and decay and uh, and decomposition all around us lord save us we cry and here we see one way that henry tanner wants to cry it's like i am jesus christ his name shall be jesus and he will save you from your sins um he pulls this together. So, these two places. Um, before I go to William Butler Yeats. Any, any thoughts here with between the, the two paintings? Um, these are the only two paintings we're going to look at today. Kokoshka and then Tanner. Any thoughts? Any evocations? The intimate personableness of it all. Um, so then on your handout, before we go to... Isaiah, uh, think about Mary, we'll leave her up here, Um, great picture of her, Irish poet um, William Butler Yeats, uh, poem called The Mother of God, um, speaking about Mary, obviously, and in a way that I find to be very um, respectful, uh, even evoking the moment of conception without it being a sexual or erotic thing. Uh, Yeats approaches it, uh, again, with that personableness, but also in the wonder and the terror. He calls it the threefold terror of, of uh, w- w- what have I done to deserve this? Why do I uh, have the burden of bearing the heavens from my womb? Um, and so here's this poem called The Mother of God. The threefold terror of love. A fallen flare through the hollow of an ear, wings beating about the room, the terror of all terrors that I bore the heavens in my womb. Had I not found content amongst the shows, every common woman knows, chimney corner, garden walk, or rocky cistern where we tread the clothes and gather all to the talk. What is this flesh I purchased with my pains, this fallen star my milk sustains, this love that makes my heart's blood stop or strikes a sudden chill into my bones and bids my hair stand up. So it's breaking that out a couple of ways. This threefold tear, a fallen flare through the hollow of an ear. And here's um, one of the few times I've encountered it. Uh, even the sense of, of, of the Holy Spirit, this fallen flare, heaven coming down, love coming down, which Christine Rossetti, love comes down at Christmas, This is coming down this fallen flare through the hollow of an ear with wings beating about the room. This is his poetic impression of what happens at the moment that uh, otherwise a throwaway line where Gabriel announces to Mary, you shall conceive the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and you shall conceive and bear a son. Well, What was that for Mary in the intimate personal place of her room? And he just wants to say this threefold terror of love, a fallen flare through the hollow of an ear, wings beating the terror of all terrors that I bore the heavens in my womb. Walking outside and thinking all of that has been brought into a fetus, a zygote, a child that I am bearing for 10 months in my body. What is this flesh? And now we're back to... Uh, Lewis, this is how I connected the two, with this whole idea of enemy-occupied territory, an alien landing, as it were, as he says elsewhere. Uh, Somebody from the outside, that's an alien, not of this place, not of this world. Uh, uh, An alien landing coming in. What is this flesh that I purchased with my pains, this fallen star my milk sustains, this love that makes my heart's blood stop? or strikes a sudden chill into my bones and bids my hair stand up. Well, I should say so. Um, I've connected with Mary more the last couple of weeks. I don't usually think of her much. But what a thing for a 15-year-old or something like that um, to bear the heavens in her womb. I should say a chill in her bones and the, ba- the hair on the back of her head when she stopped to ponder these things, as the Bible says. She pondered these things. Uh... Uh, as the angel left her. And she was left in that period of waiting for this time. What's, what's going to happen? What's going to happen, she must have wondered, when this, when this birth happens? I mean, what's it like? I've seen birth, but will it be the same? Um, just made me think. Um, so anyway, The Mother of God uh, by William Butler Gates. Uh, now we come back to um, prepare from Isaiah. Uh, Next week is the pageant, the fifth grade pageant. Uh, One of the highlights of the year, certainly, and the prophets on each side are going to read all the parts of Isaiah that the prophets are going to read. And so hopefully you hear the echo of the fifth graders as they're there. But before that, as I mentioned with W.H. Auden, uh, he wrote this Christmas Oratorio, just a long poem, uh, uh, and kind of set the biblical story. Simeon, the Annunciation to Mary, uh, the second advent, the second coming of Christ, uh, the birth, the shepherds, the magi. Auden put all this down, and we'll look at something at the end, uh, the the close of it today. I hope we'll have time. Uh, But (laughs) this seems very, very contemporaneous. He wrote this, and he sent it to his dad, and his dad didn't get it. He goes, I didn't understand a word you were writing in that poem that you wrote. I don't know why you sent it to me and all this stuff. And he was a doctor and he was smart and all that stuff. But he just didn't, he didn't understand what his son was trying to say. And so uh, I, I thought this was kind of funny. He wrote a letter to his dad and he says this. I'm sorry you were puzzled by the oratorio. Perhaps you were expecting a purely historical account as one might give of the Battle of Waterloo where I was trying to treat it, the Christmas story, where I was trying to treat it as a religious event which eternally recurs every time is accepted. Thus, the historical fact that the shepherds were shepherds is religiously accidental. The religious fact is that they were poor and humble of this world for whom at this moment the historical expression uh, matters, and so on with the other figures. So what's he saying? saying, Dad, I'm sorry you didn't get my poem. At First, I thought that was funny. But then he went on and he said, what I was trying to say in modern idiom, written also in the 40s, uh, uh, right about the time Lewis was doing the broadcast talks, also, he had escaped England, he was in the United States, but knowing that all of his friends and family were being bombed, he wrote, and his mother had just died, and he wrote this Christmas oratorio, so again, all of the the blend of Good Friday and and Easter and Christmas is in in full view with Auden. Uh, And he wanted to say, what I was trying to do was to take what is timeless and place it in something of a modern idiom. Because the fact that they were shepherds is religiously accidental, he says. In other words, it's an accident or just an incident. They could have been something else, but they just happened to be shepherds. What's not incidental is the timelessness that they were the the down and the out of the world. So whatever that would be in uh, 2 AD or 262 AD or 2019, that doesn't matter. It does matter that those are the ones to whom God addressed first when he said, I am coming. It does matter that he didn't come uh, into the Oval Office or into Buckingham Palace or into the corner office. He came into a manger. He came into an alley. He came into a a teenager and not into a queen. That's what matters, as Auden would want to say. And I say all that because I want that to be a word of hope for us as we begin to then read Isaiah. Um, Let me find my copy of that. Uh, I'm wondering if I pass my copy out. Does somebody have anything that I wrote on? Oh, thanks. Um, So we read these. I'm going to read it straight through. Um, uh, Hear the personal word. Um, The intimacy of the room with the pillar of light forming the cross. Um... The shadow of Good Friday creeping forward even here at the very beginning Uh, the personal word of address for for the the, the personal sins that's what I mean we've done haven't done said or didn't say but then also sin is a power which presses in on us where I didn't do it but I suffer for it Um, uh, and that's exhibit a death Death is the last enemy, but, Mark, it's defeated, and yet it's still all around us. Obituaries were still on AL.com this morning. I even looked. Um, They're here. They're not going away. Uh, It's to this, the idiom of 2019, and the same old story uh, is not religiously accidental, but theologically and scripturally timeless. This word for you, in other words, this direct address. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and His glory will be upon you; will be seen upon you, and the nations shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. So, just thinking about these these words of. These creative words um, given in the imperative. Let's play grammar again for a little bit. Arise, shine. Lazarus, come up. Hear, uh, deaf man. Little girl, get up. Arise, shine. The creative word of God hinged upon the indicative. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Because this has happened, now you can come forth arise and shine for behold darkness shall cover the earth but the Lord will arise upon not y'all not others but you and he continues in Isaiah 7 therefore the Lord himself this is the thunderous word to Mary heavens in your womb therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son And his name shall be Emmanuel. And a voice cries, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Go up on a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. And there shall come forth from and there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, and a spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide, disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness. He shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And then the last one, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Uh, So here's the contrast in what Auden is going to call the time being, or the eternal now, or the last days of this time in between, because the people in the past who walked in darkness have now seen a great light. And so there's the rupture. There's the split. That time is marked by Christ's birth. Zero. And it's right there. Ground zero. Time zero. This split. Uh, this is the time being in which you and I are living. For those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So, I'm at a decision point what I want to do. Um, uh, Let's look at this video. Um, It's it's got... uh, 12th century hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, um, uh, which is, it's got to be the quintessential Advent hymn uh, of waiting, Uh, but it's the one, I've seen it before, I think it's been a few years, with an older man who's obviously going to play Santa Claus, and he's up in his room, uh, and it's the first day, he's going to the mall, uh, and there's just a sadness, and it's a great version, it's a version of of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel that I like. It just drips with that, that sadness, that loneliness, and you see this older man, Santa Claus, going to the mall to, uh, to show up. And then the words come in what Auden... We're going to look at this next week. The time being. Uh, upon uh, People have walked in darkness, but upon you is a light shown. And those two things are now both true. Again, we're back to what Luther called the simul. Simul justus Picatur, but he blew that out just to also say that in the simultaneous experience in the rupture between the two ages, the old age and the new. Behold, the old is gone, and yet death still is here. Behold, the new has come, and yet sin still is pressing in. Here we are, free and enslaved, sinner and saint, justified and yet still um, weighed down. Not right. Uh this video seems to evoke that for me with these words that come around um, from uh, 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 the, the, the hymn, O Come, Emmanuel. Just to hear some of these. Um, o come, O come, Emmanuel. This longing, obviously. This, this imploring, this pleading, come, God, with us. You seem far. Come, God, with us. I don't, I don't feel you. I don't know you. I don't experience you. I need you here and now, for this time being, come, Emmanuel, ransom, captive Israel, that mourns in lonely exile here, until the Son of God appear. Until you come, I'm stuck. Oh come, thou rod of Jesse, free, thine own, from, free, thine own, from Satan's tyranny, from depths of hell, thy people save and give them victory o'er the grave. Come thou dayspring, come and cheer. Our spirits by thine advent hear. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night, and death's dark shadows put to flight. O come, key of David, come, and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high, and clothe the path to misery. But of course, each refrain closes with the chorus. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee. O Israel, Emmanuel has come. And so it's that promise of Christmas. And this is how we're going to go. It's about a four minute video, so we'll have some time to talk. Uh, uh, The pleading with the the declaration, the proclamation from God Himself through His messenger Emmanuel, God is with you, and God is for you. And now nothing and no thing shall be able to separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, who has saved you from your sins and from the sin that oppresses the world. So here's this video. We'll have a couple of minutes. Um. We hope this video will happen. There it is. Sorry, there's no other way for me to do this one. I know, I didn't know I could do that either. (laughs) minute or two, I want to comment on that, the hymn, Isaiah, walking in darkness, Um, the lack of sensationalism, I think, uh, that is what it means to to walk in darkness, I think that's a part of what strikes me as I watch this short little video, Um, just a lonely old man. Alka Seltzer, when's the last time you saw those? Uh, and somehow it just evokes this waiting and this longing for yes, Emmanuel, come. Come. You know, reorganize my life. Um, thoughts or comments? Hmm. I didn't notice that, Carrie. I appreciate that. Yeah. Hmm. I noticed there were two placemats at the table, and he had a wedding ring on. So wow. I, I immediately decided he was a widow. That's before. great. It sure feels that way. I didn't see that. That's good. Amen. You want to say a little bit more? Mm. Mm. Joseph's a hero, yeah, a righteous man who did not divorce her, but uh, didn't shame her, stayed there, yeah. Mm. We'll take these if you want. Meditate on uh, the promises of Christmas given through Isaiah. Um, we'll hear them again next week. Um, the high point in the fifth grade, and then we'll we'll continue some next week with some. Uh, some other themes of Christmas. Uh, let me say a prayer. Lord, take this time, humbly offered, feebly offered, and uh, uh, speak through it and uh, and help us, Lord. Uh, help us to rejoice at your coming um, and then to rest in that sure and certain hope uh, that all your our hopes and fears rest in thee upon your shoulders of uh, uh, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Mighty God, and the Wonderful Counselor. Um,